We acknowledge and are mindful that CSU Chico stands on lands that were originally occupied by the first people of this area, the Machupta, and we recognize their distinctive spiritual relationship with this land and the waters that run through campus. We are humbled that our campus resides upon sacred lands that once sustained the Machupta people for centuries. Welcome to the Rise, Teach, Learn podcast. I am Dr. Chiara Ferrari, Director of Faculty Development at Chico State, and we are happy to make this resource available to our campus community and beyond. The podcast is hosted by Dr. Jamie Lynn Gunderson, and she will engage in timely conversations with faculty, staff, and students, and give you a taste of the Chico experience. Subscribe to our podcast and explore the many resources available on our website. Thank you for listening. Hello. And welcome to Rise, Teach, Learn. I'm your host, Jamie Gunderson. In this episode, we explore opportunities and support for engaging in research as faculty. And I have invited Dr. Kiara Ferrari, the Director of the Office of Faculty Development, Dr. Deborah Larson, the Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs, Mary Sidney, the Chief Executive Officer for Chico State Enterprises, and Julie Jessen, the Manager of Grant Development and Pre-Award Services for Chico State Enterprises. Now, folks, I am in my fourth year, and now that I've begun to pair my teaching with my research agenda, Provost Larson, I'm wondering if you can help me understand the teacher-scholar model and the value it adds to not only my field, but also our university. Oh, thank you, Jamie, for that question. I think it's really helpful for us to go all the way back to the beginning of when and where the teacher-scholar idea came about. So I wanted to do a little bit of review of that because I think it helps to inform what we do at Chico State around the teacher-scholar. The teacher-scholar idea was first promoted by Ernest Boyer in his um, 1996, I believe, book called Scholarship Reconsidered. His ideas effectively expanded the definition of research into four scholarly areas. And this was just a revolutionary idea for us as faculty. So what are those four areas of scholarship? Boyer first called the area of scholarship that we know so well as basic research. He called that the scholarship of discovery. The second was the scholarship of integration, and that involves synthesis. We often think about integration as the application of knowledge or interdisciplinary types of scholarship. Third is the scholarship application that goes beyond service duties of the faculty member, often to outside of the university. And it involves the rigor and the application of our disciplinary expertise. In today's world, we might think of this as involving the dimension of activism or paraphrasing from Boyer, being able to responsibly apply our knowledge and skills to the consequential problems of society. And the fourth, and the one that has rung so true to us here at Chico State in the CSU, that is the scholarship of teaching and learning that involves the systematic study of the teaching and the learning processes. In all cases, Boyer emphasized the importance of peer review, evaluation, and dissemination as important important characteristics of each dimension of scholarship. And I strongly support this characteristic of scholarship. It isn't scholarship if it isn't being shared and being guided by the principles of ethics and quality. 
The fourth dimension of scholarship reconsidered, that scholarship of teaching, it is the bridge between our understanding of our discipline and the students' learning. It's the dimension that expanded our contributions as faculty into the vitally important role of education in the CSU. I embrace the teacher-scholar model because it emphasizes a balance of teaching and scholarship. We are not just teachers, nor are we just researchers. We do the incredibly important work of integrating scholarship and teaching. We have this privilege of this integration that is not available in many other institutions of higher education. We embrace a more flexible practice of scholarship. This flexibility allows for study and contributions that better fit the mission of the CSU. This flexibility allows for the practice of scholarship that can better respond to the rapid changes that are occurring for our students, our economy, our environment, our institutions. This synergy between the work of the faculty, the CSU, and our rapidly changing world can be a path of both personal and professional success. The work of scholarship further develops your skills of analysis, writing, technology, collaboration, patience, and faculty can invite students to experience the joy and passion of inquiry and creativity by integrating your own scholarship into the classroom. Through this balance, faculty at Chico State can explore and advance pedagogical strategies to encourage students' success. As faculty, we are people of the mind and study. The teacher-scholar model, when practiced well, is a model of success that is appropriate to our students, to our faculty, and to our university that is known for its care and excellence. At Chico State, we have many programs that recognize and enable the teacher-scholars, whether it's through our basic RTP guidelines that are currently under revision, our faculty award programs, the Lantis Fellowship, our support for meaningful sabbaticals and participation in the Fulbright program, our upcoming Inspire event on April 6th, and our Chico State Enterprises that we'll hear from in a little bit on this podcast. Thank you, Provost Larson. That information is really helpful in framing my understanding. Lately, in several of my conversations in and around campus, I've heard the term scholarship of teaching and learning, most specifically in faculty development. So Kiara, I understand the term to mean research that advances teaching, but I'm wondering if you can give us a deeper explanation and highlight any opportunities that are available through the Office of Faculty Development. Happy to, Jamie. Our provost uh, discussed the definition of or, or share some elements of scholarship of teaching and learning I would define scholarship of teaching and learning as a type of academic work and research that focuses on student learning and then shares the results of this inquiry in the form of scholarship and publications. It is research that starts in the classroom, is informed by assessment data and uh, by previous scholarship of teaching and learning publications and work. And the results of this research then ideally go back to and manifest in the classroom as improved teaching practices. I believe that as a campus, we strongly embrace scholarship of teaching and learning. It, it is at the core of Chico State mission as a teaching institution, as a university that strives to create transformative student experiences. And many department standards include scholarship of teaching and learning as a viable example of professional growth and achievement and as evidence of research in pedagogy in a number of, of disciplines. So it's not scholarship that 
can only come out of the School of Education, but it's scholarship that can be applied across all sorts of discipline. We do have some grant opportunities in faculty development. We did offer 10 grants for scholarship of teaching and learning in the fall, and uh, we will have another call later this spring for another 10 scholarship of teaching and learning grant opportunities that will focus on EDI work, equity, diversity, and inclusion, and on more inclusive pedagogical practices. One advice that I want to share with you is that for faculty that are participating in faculty development programs, this work could start from the work that you do in faculty learning communities. If you are currently attending a faculty learning community, whether it's the Teaching Climate Change and Resilience or the High Flex and Inclusive Pedagogy with Jamie or the Closing the Equity Gaps, all these faculty learning communities offer you a starting point to think of your teaching practices as a way to um, advance your research and advance your work in uh, teaching and learning. So I strongly encourage you to start thinking of possibilities for scholarship of teaching and learning in your faculty learning community. And I want to share one last um, kind of reminder that um, one example of scholarship of teaching and learning will be shared during our Friday forum on March 25th, a forum that will be focusing on interdisciplinary research. Um, Katie also and Jennifer Wilkin will be working on a joint project based on the book uh, Grading for Equity. And so I hope that you can join us to hear these faculty sharing their experiences more directly. I know, Kiara, that we're going to be linking a resource in our FDEV podcast webpage that'll take our listeners directly to that Friday forum. The opportunities provided through the Office of Faculty Development aren't the only opportunities to advance your research on campus. So here to tell us more about stateside and external opportunities and how to get started in your pursuit of research funding is Mary Sidney and Julie Jessen. Mary, I'll start with you. Can you give us an overview of Chico State Enterprises and the support for grant writing and grant management offered to faculty? Sure, thank you, Jamie. And it's a real pleasure to have this opportunity to share with everyone about Chico State Enterprises and the wealth of services that are available to help faculty, particularly in this area of faculty development and grant funding. So Chico State Enterprises is an auxiliary of the university, which means it's a separate nonprofit corporation, but we are here, we exist to support the mission of the university, and our primary area of support is externally funded grants and contracts. So just as a little background, you might find it impressive to know that last year, the externally funded activities of Chico State faculty and their associates totaled over $40 million and spending activity, putting the campus in the top six of the campuses that are engaged in externally funded work throughout the CSU system. So we have a very experienced professional staff of specialists and analysts who assist faculty to help them obtain and, and manage their externally funded programs from a broad range of sponsors, federal, state, other public and private organizations. And then once successful in receiving funding, we provide the business infrastructure necessary to hire staff for your project, purchase equipment, supplies, allow for travel, partner with other organizations, and much more. 
So there's just a breadth of resources and capability there to assist faculty in this endeavor. So there's a lot to the external funded world and a lot of opportunity. And here to give you detail about how you might get started is Julie Jessen, our Manager of Grant Development and Pre-Award Services. So Julie, maybe you could share an overview of the research funding process and share any strategies or tips for successfully seeking these awards. Yes, thank you, Mary. So the grant development team at Chico State Enterprises uh, is here to help you identify funding sources, provide you with the resources and strategies to help you be competitive with a grant application. And we work with you in meeting the requirements of the proposal and the requirements of grant application on our campus. So I'll give you a little overview of the proposal development process. Uh, first, know that it is a very collaborative process between you and your development specialist at, at CSE. If you're new to grant writing, uh, just know that we are here to work with you every step of the way, and we'll help you to understand the process and the requirements. Uh, the first step is for you to contact your development specialist. You can start by contacting me, and I can direct you to the person who is assigned to support your college. We'll, we'll talk with you about what you're looking for in grant funding, uh, what your ideas are for a research project or a program that you'd like to bring to our campus. Uh, you may come with a couple of different ideas. Uh, that's not uncommon. Uh, talk it through with us and we can help you focus on what may be the most fundable idea based on our knowledge of sponsors and what they're funding. We'll also provide advice and direction about grant seeking or, or searching, grant searching strategies. These are the aspects of the process to consider that will help you position yourself to your best advantage. You know, know that as a grant writer that you have a role and your sponsor, the grantor, has a role. Simply put, the grantor's role is to give money to researchers who will do work that fulfills their mission and addresses their priorities. Your role at the proposal stage is to be well matched to the funder's mission and priorities, to present your ideas effectively and to follow the instructions in that request for proposal document, the RFP, which are your directions for applying for a grant. And we can definitely help you with that process of understanding the requirements of the RFP. So as you are grant searching, You'll need to inform yourself about the funder and their mission. Luckily, this is easily found information and we can certainly help point you in the right direction to get that information as well. Uh, CSC has presented a grant writing bootcamp for our faculty and a version of the bootcamp as an FLC. And we will be offering this training again in the future. Once you identify a grant to apply to, it's important that you contact us at least 14 working days before the deadline. And that is so we can work with you to get the Cayuse proposal record set up, as well as other work involved in the application. Julie, thank you. And Mary, thank you for that information. In our next episode, we're going to be following up on the Cayuse submission process with Dr. Patrick Johnson. So stay tuned, folks. Uh, but Julie, I want to come back once I have an idea, I will contact you and you'll help get me connected to a funding source. From there, can you walk me through how faculty can find that grant funding and move through the process? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, there are a few different ways to learn about grant opportunities. You can use um, funding search databases, uh, your professional associations that might provide grant funds is another common way to get some grant funding, or ask colleagues, ask your previous colleagues, your present colleagues, and uh, that's another great way as well. Your development specialist can help set you up with a funding search database logins. These are CSC subscription-based funding search databases. Uh, a very useful aspect uh, of these databases is that you could set up search parameters within the databases so that you can receive email alerts when an opportunity arises for a grant that meets your criteria. Another resource available at Chico State uh, is a monthly funding opportunity alert. It's called GRC Deadlines. And this provides a 90-day look ahead of federal agency and private foundations applications deadlines. It's a pretty easily uh, digestible list, easy to read with links, and it's categorized by discipline areas, such as STEM, humanities, health, education, and I believe we'll provide a link to that document that is located on the CSE website. Other funding sources include a variety of grants provided within the CSU system. There's the RISCA grants. RISCA is research, scholarship, and creative activities. And we'll be announcing this year's application cycle very soon within the month. So look for that under uh, employee announcements. The CSUPERB grant which is education and research grants in biotechnology, and STEMnet, which funds grants for educational innovation and research to benefit future, the future STEM workforce in California. Those are all CSU system grants that are available to you. On the federal front, uh, the NIH, National Institute of Health, and the National Science Foundation both offer grants designed for PUIs, primarily undergraduate institutions like Chico, uh, that require a strong student research component. So those are great for us. And we've been pretty successful in competing for these in the past. So we always encourage our faculty to look at those. Lastly, uh, Chico State is a designated HSI, a Hispanic serving institution which affords us the opportunity to apply for HSI grants, such as those offered by the U.S. Department of Education, NSF, National Endowment for the Humanities, among others. Can you tell me what comes after the faculty member has found a grant they are well matched for and would like to apply? Well, you'll continue to collaborate with your uh, development specialist uh, to learn as much as you can about the funder and their program. That will help you. We will work together to read through that RFP to really analyze it and interpret it and become familiar with its requirements. We'll develop a budget together and the development specialists will perform the routing process on our campus, which informs various folks that a grant application is being submitted. You know, we'll also provide you with advice to help increase your competitive odds. Um, of course, to be very clear about sponsored goals and to write your grant to address those goals is an important consideration. Uh, we encourage you to contact the, the funder's program officer. Each funder has a program officer. 
And uh, we do have some guidance and tips about the types of questions you could ask when you contact this person and how to best frame those questions. Before you begin writing, we uh, advise an exercise that will help you communicate in your narrative uh, that speaks the language, if you will, uh, of your grant reviewer. And, and I call these the four questions to sort of have clear in your mind before you actually start grant writing. The first question is, what is the problem or the need that you will address? For example, what is the missing piece in the body of research in the field? Secondly, uh, why is it important that it be addressed? And what is the significance? Why is it timely? Who cares about it and why? This is the list of stakeholders or folks who will benefit from your research. And lastly, what will I do about it as the researcher? So the key here, if you answer and weave this into your narrative, is that you'll be spelling out for your reviewer why your project is important, who will benefit, and why you are the best person to address the issue. Uh, in the Grant Writing Bootcamp, we work with these four questions, both as uh, your written grant narrative and also verbally as a, as a sort of elevator pitch so that you can succinctly describe your ideas should you ever find yourself in that situation where you want to tell someone about your research and what you're interested in doing. And lastly, this seems kind of self-explanatory, but you know, have a good and a fundable idea. I recently heard an NSF program officer put it this way. They wanna see proposals that address a problem of high importance or high interest in the field. He also advised to remember that you are not writing a proposal to simply describe your ideas, your methodologies, et cetera. You are writing a proposal so that the reviewers will understand the importance or significance of your project to the field. So it's a slightly different way of looking at it. And I know that there are many faculty on our campus who are successfully engaging in this work. Would you mind highlighting a couple of examples of successful grant funded projects on our campus? Absolutely. This is the fun part. <laughs> uh, a great example of an interdisciplinary grant funded research project is led by Sandrine Mateusek with the Department of Geological and Environmental Sciences and Jackson Webster with the Department of Civil Engineering and our campus's Center for Water and the Environment. They co-lead an NSF-funded research project for storm runoff biofiltration research. And their activities include measuring for campfire water quality impacts, biofilter testing, and Big Chico Creek monitoring. Dr. Matiasek describes this research as student-centered and student-powered uh, so it provides our students with invaluable research experience as part of their, their experience at Chico State. Another example uh, is a project funded by the Kresge Foundation, with our faculty collaborating with CSU Long Beach to conduct research to evaluate innovative rapid rehousing support for college students experiencing homelessness. Uh, the Chico Project Directors are Susan Roll from the Department of Social Work and Jennifer Wilking from the Department of Political Science. Their work assesses the impact of a housing intervention for previously homeless students on student academic success, physical and mental wellness, and short-term financial security. And their results 
from the research will inform key stakeholders like state government, CSU administration, and campus administration in decision-making around this complex topic. And lastly, at a, at a very large scale, just to give you a sense of possibility, uh, Chico State Center for Healthy Communities uh, serves as the primary contractor across the three California college systems, CSU, UC, and community colleges, more than 50 campuses for CalFresh outreach services. Uh, this program creates awareness for Californians who may be eligible for CalFresh food benefits and promotes the program to food insecure college students and eligible citizens. Jamie, I would just like to add how privileged we are and what, what a great environment we have here at Chico State that allows us to integrate the teaching and the scholarship together and that we provide so many support activities and services for our, um, for our faculty to participate in this uh, balanced model. The teacher-scholar model can be a fabulous pathway for personal and professional success as faculty. And there you have it, folks. We explored the teacher-scholar model as well as opportunities for supporting your scholarship. I encourage you to attend the upcoming Friday Forum, peruse Chico statements for examples of successful research projects on our campus, and check out the monthly funding announcements on the CSE website. Join us next time as we expand our discussion into the ethical considerations of research with Dr. Patrick Johnson. I'd like to take a moment to thank our guests for their contributions to this episode and remind you that you can access previous episodes of Rise Teach Learn as well as all the resources associated with this and other episodes through our FDEV podcast webpage. A big thank you to you for listening and until next time, we got this Wildcats.